Welcome everyone to this little thought of Ratzon Torah of Parshas Bereshis, 2022, Tafshin Pei Gimel. So there's so much to talk about, there's so much to learn, there's so much to imagine and think about, mostly imagine, I feel like, to imagine about Parshas Bereshis. So here's what I was thinking a lot about this year really for the whole year. And as we got closer to Boratius, <clears throat> I was really hoping to try to put together an idea of what is the significance that the first man didn't have human parents. Sounds like an, uh, somewhat of an obvious question, and perhaps my, uh, my idea might sound obvious, but the significance that man was born without the DNA of any human being prior to him, without the stored memories and the epigenetics of human parents, without the genealogy, and without the passed down um, unconscious stories of any human parents. What is the significance of that? And what does it mean for me? What does it mean for you? What does it mean for us? So I was thinking about, because this is where my brain took me, I was thinking about the story of the Ben Sayer the story of the rebellious son, which the, Gemara, which the Torah tells us, a person who reaches the status of being a rebellious son, they are meant to be killed. The child is meant to be killed. The parents are meant to bring the child to the Bezdin, to the judges, and they're supposed to judge the child and have the child killed. And of course, the Gemara teaches us that in order for this to happen, the parents have to be <clears throat> that both parents have to be equal, completely equal. They have to be seemingly of the Gemara. What the Gemara means to say is they have to look alike, they have to sound alike, and they have to be the same, the same height, which essentially means that there is no such thing, there never was and there never will be, as the Gemara teaches us, as someone who really qualified as a rebellious son enough that he would be deservant of being killed by his parents and by and by Bezdin. And of course, the Gemara teaches us that the entire purpose of that whole sugya is drosh b'kavoschar, is for us to analyze, to learn Torah for the sake of learning Torah, but that there never was a rebellious child that reached the uh, depth of evil that would be worth killing. And the Gemara says because there's no such thing as parents who are equal in their voice, in their sight, and in their in the way that they look, and in their height. So I was thinking about this a few years ago. I think I might have shared this with you then, but I was thinking about what this means. Because modern psychology is very clear. Much of the neuroses, much of the problems that we suffer, that we struggle with, the limitations that we have, can be traced back to the imperfections of our parents, the imperfections of our marriages, of our parents' marriages, the, the way that children sometimes fall between the cracks and sometimes are, are not loved the way that they are meant to be loved. They are not treated the way that they meant to be treated. <clears throat> our 
human frailties very often can be traced back to the disappointments of our childhood. Here the Gemara is teaching us that in order for a child to be considered a ben Umaira, in order for a child to be considered rebellious to that degree of evil that the Torah says that they need to be killed, his parents, this is my suggestion, his parents have to be perfect parents. Their relationship have to be perfect. Imay Shavala'av of Bekol means that the parents give over the exact same message. The parents are so in tune with each other that there is no room for any fracturing in the messages that are given over to the child, that the child is raised in a completely perfect home. Any child that's raised in a, in a completely perfect home where both parents are complete and perfect in their ability to give over their messages to their child who still grows up to be such an evil person, that person the Torah deems to be a ben Sayyidina rebellious and worthy of being killed. But any child that grows up in a home that we can trace their difficulties and their frailties and their faulties and their negative, uh, uh, their averas, their sins, we can trace it back to their childhood. We can trace it back to their parents. We can in some way justify, not warrant, and maybe not justify, but we can understand and come to some place of recognition that it's not entirely about them. That sometimes when we sin, we sin because we are not perfect, and our imperfections sometimes can be traced psychologically back to our parents. What is it about Adam who didn't have parents, who didn't have any of the burdens, any of the neuroses, any of the early childhood disappointments and memories of a parent who didn't love him or her well enough, who cannot tra trace their challenges in life back to some kind of disappointment or early childhood trauma. What is the significance of such, of such a child? Because that's the story of Adam, and that's the story of each and every one of us in some way. Because as much as we are born of parents, the Gemara also teaches us that there are three partners in the creation of humans. There are our natural, biological, familial parents, and then there's God. The Gemara teaches us that God is also part of that creation of, of, of every human, which means that the story of Adam and Chava being created by God does not just refer to them. It means to each and every one of us, that each and every one of us is being created by God, not through birth, but through creation, not through human birth, but through creation. So what is the significance of that? I think it's pretty clear and obvious to say that the significance of that is the recognition that somewhere within each and every one of us, we are gifted a soul. We are gifted a neshama. A neshama that is pure, that is whole, that is holy, that is connected to the divine without any capacity for breakage, for, without any capacity for chaos or fragmentation, there are parts of us that are pure and beautiful and holy and complete. Now, while most of us are not mystics and most of us do not spend time trying to touch our souls, but our souls speak to us on a daily basis. 
Our souls are not our intellect. Our souls are not our feelings. Our souls are not uh, the flashes of inspirations that we have. Our souls are the very life force that we have that, A, allows us to be resilient in the face of negativity, to be resilient and strong when life doesn't work out too well. That's one thing our souls do. And much more significantly than that, our souls dream. Our souls, our neshamas hold the capacity for each and every one of us to transform our lives way beyond our wildest imaginations, to become something and to make something of ourselves that A, our parents never dreamed about, B, our childhood teachers and friends never dreamed about, and in many ways that most of us have never dreamed about ourselves. Our souls gives us the capacity to idealize and to recognize I am in truth much, much more magnificent than the sum total of anything I've done, or really I can become more and larger and more magnificent than anything I ever thought I could do. That message that our souls hold for each and every one of us is the capacity for human ingenuity, is the capacity for human growth. As Rav Cook says, that all of reality is about transformation. All of reality is in a state of transformation, of growth, of becoming. So a bracha to each and every one of us is that we have the capacity within ourselves to find moments where we can tune in and listen to our souls calling to us, grow, become, develop, transform. Never lose sight of the dreams of who we think we can possibly be. Because in today's day and age, the capacity for human growth, for human transformation, for becoming, has never been greater before in the history of the world. Never. And so my bracha to all of us is that we all tune in a little bit to the recognition that we are not just birthed of human flesh. We are not just the recipients of all the neuroses and all the disappointments and all the ways we can tra track back to how we might have been messed up. We are so much more than that. We are also created by God in any given moment. In every given moment, there is a creation story to each and every one of us. And with that, we should be zeichet to only beautiful things, the clarity and the strength to deal with the not-so-beautiful things. And we should be zeichet to the coming of Mashiach, Meher Be'emenu, Chavez.